Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Thank you for being with us. Biden's Pete Buttigieg, the at least titular head of transportation, has been caught lying about President Trump's regulatory policies playing a part in the East Palestine, Ohio derailment. That's right, these Bidenistas try to blame Trump for just about everything. They're not only unprincipled and unintelligent, they're indolent and entitled. The Washington Post reporting there was no Trump policy whatsoever that contributed in any way whatsoever to that derailment. Obviously, the White House is desperate to distract the media and avoid blame in any way they can. It's not working, Secretary Pete. He also likes to fly around in chartered fancy private jets, do TV interviews, and go to conferences. But he's an absolute joke as Secretary of Transportation, seemingly without interest in the job or knowledge. I did mention he's lazy, right? And now this development. I should tell the Biden White House everyone already knows where that China virus came from. But that leaked Energy Department report saying the China virus is a China virus has offended Joe Biden's paymasters in Beijing. And the Biden White House is now telling reporters there's no consensus among intelligence agencies about the origin of the China virus, despite the Energy Department report. But now this, FBI Director Christopher Wray apparently didn't get the White House memo, and he now says that the pandemic was likely caused by a virus from the lab leak in Wuhan, China. That's right, FBI Director Christopher Wray agreeing now that the China virus originated in Wuhan Virology Lab in China. How about that? And it looks like Biden's big student loan giveaway is running into a little trouble at the Supreme Court. The justices and oral arguments sounded pretty skeptical, questioning the president's decision to give away about a half trillion dollars of student loan forgiveness. The conservatives questioning, uh, reflecting doubt that a president has the authority to cancel debt, period, without the approval and authority of Congress. And speaking of authority, Treasury Secretary Yellen in Ukraine saying the U.S. taxpayers have a duty to defend Ukraine's border from invasion. Are you kidding? What about the duties of all the European countries toward Ukraine? What are they doing? Yellen announced another $2.5 billion of U.S. aid. We don't know how she can do that. We don't know how Joe Biden can do that. We don't know how the money's being spent. Who do these Bidenistas think they are? Our guest today is the broadcasting legend, WOR Radio's Mr. New York himself and great American, Mark Simone. Great to have you with us, my friend. Mark, we don't have much of a problem finding material for our shows with the Biden circus in town, do we? Well, when Donald Trump uh, left, we you know we thought this is disaster for what are we going to talk about? And then this president 
has been unbelievable. I mean, it's a, a bad for the country, but it's a great idea for for talk hosts. Put in the dumbest guy in America to be president. I mean, this is like a bad movie about the dumbest guy ever elected and have him staff the whole cabinet with the most incompetent people in the world. No, in fact, I can't get to all the blunders and gaffes in a single day. There's too much to talk about. Well, I love your tweet. Uh, you said uh, with uh, Zelensky and the big guy walking along, you, your headline was, like it said in the laptop, it's 10% for the big guy. And, he, and apparently he just picked up another $50 million over there in Kiev. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. It's one thing, it'd be perfect to have the dumbest guy in the world be president, but then to have him be totally corrupt, too. With two crazy corrupt brothers, a son who's just a nightmare. Uh, I mean, this is perfect for us. We couldn't have designed anything better. And it goes on and on, and the media pretends. I mean, it's it's like uh, this is a, a high school play uh, for White House press corps. It, they're pretending that he's the president. He's pretending he's the president. And and here we go. It's unbelievable you know, I found this picture of David Hartman. He was the anchor of Good Morning America. And I'm looking at this. He was a warm, fuzzy guy. Every morning he put on Good Morning America. They'd entertain you. They'd show you new cooking recipes. They'd talk to movies. It was great. You put on a morning show now. All they're trying to do is destroy every Republican, cover up everything Biden does, divide the country, tamper with elections. What happened to television? Uh, and, you, you know... Uh, when the terrible, terrible tragedy happened in Ohio and that plume was at Hiroshima, like plume was all over uh, an area that's 10% of the American population. All these shows, all these anchors ignored it. They wouldn't cover it. They wouldn't talk about it. It took two weeks to shame him into mentioning it 15 minutes into the newscast. You got a president that spent 22 hours to get to Ukraine and can't spend an hour and a half to get to Ohio. And nobody, no, nobody in the media, and I always tell you this, our, Biggest problem is the corrupt media. They don't get after him. They don't force him into doing something about Ohio. Yeah, you know, calling them corrupt is no longer really enough, is it? Uh, they're owned by Disney. They're owned by CBS. They're owned by Comcast. You, you go through the list of the corporate ownerships. Jeff Bezos. I love the fact that the one of the world's richest men is a running a journalistic enterprise called the Washington Post. Uh, and it's as if this is just good, solid, objective, independent reporting we're getting out of the Washington Post. I mean, this is un-American. It's just outrageous. And we've got people who are, I, I, I guess, so much of this country is under the influence of drugs, prescribed and illegal, that there is just a, an apathy, a numbness about the, the body politic right now that is stupefying uh, to behold uh, and to to even begin to hope that there will be sufficient outrage to turn this country in a different direction. Yeah, if you had real news media, real working news media, they'd be all over all this stuff. Buttigieg would have been fired as soon as the supply chain wasn't fixed and the airport's clogged up again. Uh, you'd have somebody more competent in there. Biden would be forced to go to Ohio, forced to do all this stuff. You know, Buttigieg is, uh, Biden will go down in history uh, they'll probably teach it in business schools as the worst personnel director in the history of the world. Every single person in the cabinet is totally unqualified and incompetent. Nobody more so than Buttigieg. He, supply chain completely clogged up. The airport screwed up more than ever. Uh, the train derailments. And, uh, you know, you start to look into this. Apparently, 
he was totally intimidated by the CEOs of the airlines, the railroads. He was in awe of these guys, and they saw it, and they knew they could walk all over him. He's not tough on them. He doesn't find them, regulate them. They do whatever the hell they want. That Ohio train was 151 cars. That's unheard of. That's dangerous. And uh, you, you're transmitted, transporting the most dangerous chemical through everybody's town. Uh, and Buttigieg still isn't going to crack down on him. He should be there on the ground. He should be fining them, doing everything, to them, but it's never going to happen. And because we have corrupt media, Buttigieg will finish out the four-year term. Buttigieg uh, was finished before he even started, Mark. This guy is such a fraud. Uh, he was inept as a mayor uh, of one of the uh, smaller cities in the in the country. He was undistinguished in that uh, in that role, and somebody decided he was a he was just a perfect fellow to to put in charge of transportation. Uh, you talked about 151 cars, a half dozen of them filled with uh, materials, hazardous chemicals, and then the railroad and the state government, the state government of Ohio, decided to just blow them up there, knowing that their contents were carcinogenic. And and now we're watching those residents of East Palestine with they are having breathing problems. They have rashes. They have headaches. They can't sleep uh, and their water is not fit to drink, at least for most of them or many of them. I don't know what the percentage is, but I know that it's large enough that Buttigieg and the president don't want to drink that water and they don't want to breathe that air. But it's okay for those uh, Americans uh, in East Palestine. This is just outrageous. And no, I mean, it's what, almost three weeks now before Buttigieg gets to East Palestine uh, after ignoring it for almost three weeks. And he and you know darn well that he wouldn't be going if Trump hadn't announced that he will be there uh, today. Yeah, you know, um, um, as bad as nine eleven was, how many people got sick? How many people died? How many billions had to be be spent on these medical bills? That was basically just dust and some jet fuel. This is much much more dangerous material. Who knows how many people are going to suffer because of this? How many billions will be spending over the next few years? Uh, and that decision to blow up the other cars uh is going to turn out to be fauci like you know where he just made all the wrong decisions in the beginning without thinking it through and uh president trump will bring attention to it and of course uh, i'm sure next week we'll see ron DeSantis there who seems to be looking to uh <laughs> upstage donald trump at any chance do you suppose he'd be wearing his white boots i, I like yeah. that when his last disaster he and his wife had matching white boots <laughs> I, I and i and i have to tell you Ron DeSantis is a good guy, He's a nice guy. But when you see a governor in white boots, you, it's just something you can't unsee. What in the world are those folks thinking? No, that was very John Kerry-like. You know, <laughs> remember well, when he went hunting? <laughs> the, the jacket still had the price tag hanging off it. The shirt yeah, still had the creases for me because he just bought it and took it out of the package. Yeah, so. he's, he's quite the outdoorsman, uh, John Kerry. <laughs> Let's let's go to that issue though of blowing up those cars because it I guess the best you can say about it it's counterintuitive, you know you have these hazardous chemicals, why what would possess anyone and I they may be proved right, but the idea of exploding those hazardous chemicals and spewing them into the atmosphere, uh, into contaminating land, uh, air, water. 
it is is just it just seems mindless beyond belief. And and you were talking about regulation of the railroads. Who the heck is regulating these COs who make a decision like that? Yeah, well, apparently they just saw Buttigieg's weakness. He was in awe of them. He wasn't going to bother them. They knew they could do whatever uh, they want. You know, uh, also the media, again, totally corrupt. They should be all over this White House saying, when you close down those pipelines, didn't you realize you'd have to transport this dangerous sort of stuff by railroad through everybody's town instead of by pipeline? Didn't you think about that? Uh, I mean, every decision the Biden administration made from the beginning is costing lives and billions of dollars, and it's only going to get worse, you know. I remember a year ago, we said, how much worse can this get? <laughs> now, look, a year later, you know, don't ever say how much worse can this get? Because they take that as a personal challenge to set a new record. No doubt about it. And I have to tell you, I am one of those people. I am afraid I, I would never mutter, <laughs> utter in any way, whisper the words. Uh, it, it couldn't get any worse because we know that we're learning from history. And, I, and what's just absolutely astounds me, Mark, is we're only two years into this presidency. Two years. And look at the, all that uh, the damage that he's done, the disasters, the catastrophes, the, the just the mindlessness of it all. But we all know at the same time it's directed, it's purposeful, and it is indeed intentional. All of this that is, is tearing up the country. The mess we're in is because of the mess we made of 2020, the 2020 election. Yeah. Uh, Biden made this speech about uh, how tough he is in uh, Ukraine. He's going to stand up to Russia. He's going to, oh. you know, he's responsible for this war. If he hadn't been so weak and uh, hadn't been so bungling and pulling out of Afghanistan, I, I don't think Putin would have invaded. He certainly wouldn't have done it if uh, Trump was present. So single-handedly Biden should be res take responsibility for what's happened here. And, uh, this is another Vietnam. You know, you're going to have China back on one side. We're back on another side. Uh, and like Vietnam, this will go for 10 years at least. Yeah, only this time it'll be uh, Russia uh, at the uh, at the point of the spear rather than China as it was in Korea uh, and Vietnam. Yeah. It's it, This goes back to 1950 when you think about it. Because Korea, uh, the domino theory, we think uh, suddenly our great genius uh, leaders of both parties, uh, I should point out, with the fall uh, of the Soviet Union, everybody said, well, it's over. We're done. And then they behaved as if it were still you know, party like it's 1955. It, the United States no longer has uh, a, a the most powerful economy in the world. We no longer have a government that isn't indebted. We're talking about 34, we're on our way to $34 trillion in national debt and an economy that's almost $10 trillion less than that. We're in real trouble in this country economically. Our markets are unstable right now. They're not only volatile, but they're unstable. And by that, I mean, this is not a, this isn't a day-to-day -day thing. These markets are going to remain volatile uh, for the, as far as the eye can see, and we need to get a hold of it. But no one, no one, uh, it, it, almost no one in Washington is paying any attention. Well, you know, we all saw one of the greatest moments in history. We were so lucky to see at the end of uh, the Soviet Union. We won the Cold War, got rid of the Soviet Union, never knowing at that time that the 20 years later, the Democrats would try to bring it to America. <laughs> 
<laughs> try to recreate it here for us. It works so well there. Let's bring it on down. Uh, you know, 30, what, 30 years later. Uh, you know, I'm one of the guys who got, I had the opportunity to, to go with the administration uh, in 1991 to, to look over what the, the assets were of the, of the remnants of the Soviet uh, government, uh, the Russian government in particular, in Moscow to see that, that the, the humbling of the once mighty Soviet Union. I have to tell you, people would be well advised to consider that that possibility is remains for this country. We are in a, such a mindless state. When we have the ability, Mark, I, to put a Biden in the White House, a Buttigieg at the head of transportation, uh, a, a Janet Yellen at the head of Treasury, uh, Jerome Powell at the Federal Reserve, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And we have oligarchs. We have so many more oligarchs than the Russians, but none dare call it an oligarch. No one wants to call them oligarchs. That's what they are. Well, you also got these shady forces behind the scenes, you know, Obama and his team secretly running things, the George Soros wing, those type of guys, installing the worst district attorneys all over America, mm -hmm. emptying the prisons, letting the criminals out. And this is their uh, uh, idea of this new uh, Marxism and, and then legalize drugs, get everybody on drugs, get everybody on government uh, dependence or welfare. I mean, it's it's the, and take over the uh, academic institutions, indoctrinate kids. You know, there's this, a woman who just wrote this new book. She's from Korea, grew up in North Korea, somehow escaped. She had to walk across the Gobi Desert to get out of there somehow got herself into Columbia University. And she wrote this book about the other students are talking about how oppressed they are because they're being called by the wrong pronoun. And she looked at them and said, I was sold into sex slavery when I was 12. You're, you're complaining about pronouns. And uh, it, by, by the way, I met that woman. She told me she, well, no show will book her. The Today Show, the network show, they will not give her book any attention. But it's all about how we got to take back our our academic institutions before more generations get indoctrinated into this stuff. Well, that that is a person we should have on this show to talk yeah. about it because, you know, the first person I ever heard talk about, and, and I'm very serious about this, talk about uh, the genital mutilation of women uh, was Ted Turner. And he was one of the first people to start really focusing on this this barbarism in the Middle East. And, and he started talking about it, and it was so strange. The idea that, that people would mutilate uh, young women, young girls, uh, because of their religious beliefs or whatever their traditions happened to be. Uh, and he really brought great attention to it worldwide. And here we are with this, this gender transformation, gender, uh, genital, uh, uh, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call with it, kids. It's, it's, it's mutilation, but yeah. now it, it doesn't matter what age, if five years old, that's fine. 12, that's fine. This is madness. And the medical profession is going along with this. You don't hear a comment from a single physician. You don't hear psychiatrists talking about this. We don't hear demographers telling us how big a problem is this, how many people are in, engaged in this, and how confused and, and, and just, uh, you know, at wit's end is this society. Well, uh, Michael Goodwin wrote a great column, but the problem is 
a lot of corporations, newspaper, where they think, well, we'll give in a little. We'll give a little to the uh, woke left. They always think if you compromise a little, you'll settle. And they don't realize when it comes to the woke left, these crazies, if you give an inch, they'll go crazy and try to take more. No matter how much you give in, they'll not only demand more, they'll threaten you if they don't get it. So you, that's mm -hmm. one thing about DeSantis. He's, he's shown if you just stand up to him, of course, Donald Trump, obviously, just stand up to them and they'll back off. But if you give an inch, no matter what you give in on, they'll come back with something crazier and crazier. And this craziness just keeps escalating into policies and things. We, I mean, if you were Rip Van Winkle and you woke up now and saw what was going on in the world, you, you'd, you'd just faint. Well, I'm not Rip Van Winkle. And you know what? We're looking at that reality. and But everybody seems to be going to sleep even as it occurs. We're a society right now that is desensitized to the barbarism that is posing as woke to the outrageous ignorance uh, that is CRT, uh, ESG. And you're talking about giving an inch? Corporate America has subsumed the Marxist uh, propaganda and ideology. When they start talking about ESG, uh, it, it is just the corporate version of CRT, and they are boosting these Marxist Dems who are now running the Democrat Party. It is, we are headed toward a tragedy of such enormous proportions if this country does not awaken to the fact we are simply handing over this nation to a band of fools and barbaric Marxists. And it's, yeah. it's, it's that straightforward. Uh, and I, anybody who wants to contest that, view please do we'd be delighted to hear from you or come on and we'll have a talk uh mr biden uh you know buddha judge who you know whoever you want to, which one of those uh those titans of uh, marxist uh, philosophy you want to bring on the show it, it's outrageous well you know, this other thing of uh, tearing down america's history going after our history our history is fine there were some bad things some bad moments but nothing uh, unique to America, whatever it was, it was worldwide phenomenon. It was happening everywhere. But uh, you look at the history of other countries, it's far worse, far more brutal than anything that happened in America. Uh, when I was a kid, you'd study American history because it was such a wonderful thing to study. Mm -hmm. That's something to be ashamed of. And I, I don't know anybody who was ever ashamed of it as I grew up in this country. Uh, I, my my mother passed away at the age of 99. She used to say, you know, I don't recognize this country. She had been she was born in uh, 1910 and had lived through so much of uh, this country's history. But she said she didn't recognize it I, I, even then as she's, you know, succumbing to uh, the C. diff the, in a hospital because of the swine flu. She she passed away not because of the swine flu. She beat that. But a superbug got her at the age of 99. Wow. We are not contending with all of these uh, these challenges in this society, and we can't trust the CDC. We can't trust uh, this administration. We have a government. We'd be fools to trust this government. We have a military that is more worried about their woke bull uh, and utter nonsense. I, I was watching something the other day, a, a discussion by a general to some of the troops, uh, he's in full uniform, uh, sitting behind his desk and talking like he w was talking to a bunch of eighth graders, not th to a bunch of uh, U.S. Army uh, enlisted uh, men and women. And the, and the MC was a sergeant 
uh, a non-com. I don't remember his exact rank. And he's sitting there, and he looks like he's at, uh, you know, on a leisure camp. He's dressed absolutely informally, uh, almost in leisure attire. It's the most disrespectful and ignorant discussion I've ever heard uh, and witnessed, one of the most, uh, by anyone in the U.S. military. It's, yeah, it's, no, the, it's crazy. These government people. You know, I'll never forget there was a moment. It was uh, late January, January 28th. Fauci was on television and he said, don't worry, the virus is not going to come here. Americans don't need to worry. I was on your show later that week and you said, I remember this was startling to me. You said, this is going to be a pandemic. You used the word pandemic three times. And then a week later, Fauci said, no, it's nothing. If it comes here, it'll just be like a little flu. And then I was on your show a week later. You said, this is going to be a pandemic. And uh, everybody in the government got that wrong. Uh, you were the first one I heard saying that word and you got it right. If only they'd listen to you. Well, you know, well, thank you for that. But I, I declared it a pandemic based on a straightforward uh, definition of what a pandemic is. I, I'm, listen, I'm talking to Paul, Az, uh, Paul Azar, the head of HHS, Dr. Fauci and other notable doctors on the air. And they're saying, well, we, you know, we just don't think it's a, you know, effectively yeah. thing. We don't think it's a pandemic when it's already in 26 countries and they still don't think, and then they're basically saying, if not outright, that they're going to wait on the World Health Organization, which uh, has some of the highest, some of its highest officials are put there by the CCP. They're gonna wait for the WHO to tell them what a pandemic is, all the money we spend on the HHS, on CDC, NIH, and we have to wait on the WHO. This is this country is upside down when the and this was with President Trump in the White House, not Joe Biden. This is this is the level of of ineptitude and and just raw left wing politics that has insinuated itself throughout the the federal government. And by the way, did you see Biden now wants to turn over? Uh, all of our uh, our uh, CDC basic uh, functions to the WHO. We'll wait on them for their leadership, and we will follow their their dicta and mandates. Of course, I you know I I don't think Biden wants to do this. I don't even think he knows what it is. I don't think he knows any of it. I think whatever whoever's running him, that committee running him has decided this, and they're putting it on an index card for him to read. And uh, I think that's why they settled on him. They needed a guy who just do what he's told not bright enough or able enough to fight back. Uh, but I, I don't know who's running this thing. I, a lot of people think Obama, uh, Susan Rice seems to be the coach on the field. Mm -hmm. But who knows who's on this committee plotting this out and who knows what the long-term plot is? Well, we do have, uh, thanks to the reporting and, uh, and uh, author Matt Palumbo, uh, he's one who pointed out that somebody from the George Soros organization is in contact with the White House almost every day. So George Soros's name has to be put forward there, as it is in so many of these uh, in these moments in our history, unfortunate moments in which the anti-American forces seem to be uh, prevailing. Uh, your, your thoughts, who might else be on that committee, that cabal? Uh, you know, we'll be accused of being conspiracy theorists uh, to even engage in such a uh, in lighthearted banter as who who do you think is really running the country? I think there's a few George Soros who are smart enough to stay under the radar and hide under a million uh, uh, shields. And, you know, it, it's not a conspiracy theory. George Soros got 26 
of these DAs installed all across America, these DAs that would let all the people out of jail, not prosecute criminals, and it's caused the biggest crime wave in our history. And these 26 cities compromised, comprised of a, an enormous percentage of our population. And I, I, you know, if I were running Congress, I'd haul George Soros in front of Congress and just make him answer some questions. Why, why were you busy trying to install a DA in Philadelphia, Phoenix, St. Louis? What was your interest in these cities? You don't live there. Why were you trying to get these DAs installed? Let him answer these questions. And maybe a couple of questions, and I want to compliment the Republicans in the 118th Congress. They have actually begun these investigations. They have already started hearings. And I think that they are off to a, a, a splendid start. And we are desperately uh, dependent on those House investigations for truth to come out about the Biden crime family, about, as you say, George Soros and the way in which money is being used through NGOs and not-for-profits not all across this country to really take over the function of government. Uh, more money is being spent in some cases in these NGOs and non-profits non over, overseas or in, in Mexico or Central America, what have you, to defy our laws, to strip the country of our sovereignty, open wide that 2,000-mile border with Mexico, and watch millions upon millions of illegal immigrants. I can remember, what, 30 years ago? We were talking, 20 to 30 years ago, we were talking about the number of illegal aliens in America. The number was always, they said, the number they started using was like four to five million. Then it became six million. It was stuck at six million for about a decade. Then we were doing a lot of reporting and we would finally got it up to, I think, 11 million that they finally started using. The truth is nobody knows how many illegal immigrants are in this country. We may never know because of what Biden has done in two years. Estimates. Four to six million illegal immigrants brought in and distributed all across the country in two years. And that's, at best, a conservative estimate. Yeah. Well, as I said, you were using the word pandemic before anybody in January of 2020. And then uh, how many years ago? Was it 20 years ago? You wrote the book called Broken Borders, warning right. everybody about what was going to happen. So uh, you are Nostradamus when it comes to this stuff. Not so what? Not, Nostradamus, <laughs> you're like the great predictor. That's it. That was that was my joke. Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, but when you wrote Broken Borders, didn't a lot of the uh, mainstream media say, well, "What is he talking about? This is uh, this is not happening." But yeah. it, and you know what else? People didn't want to talk about the reality of uh, trade deficits and what it was doing to our our economy. They didn't want to talk about the outsourcing of millions of American jobs. Speaking of old books by, written by an old author, uh, I wrote a book called Exporting America, I believe it was yeah. in 2004, and on on the outsourcing uh, of those jobs and the just tearing apart the middle class. That middle class today is torn up, and it is hanging on by by bare threads uh, to to what was once the essence of the American dream. And where I, really the American dream was, the, it was it was bright, and they, it's where it resided. And now parents can't say to their children, "I know you're going to be better off than your parents were. You're going to do a lot better, Johnny or Jill or whomever your kid is." You know, it, it's it, it really is a threat, and we have let it happen. 
The American, and one of the things I do blame, certainly besides the Marxist Dems, the rhino Republicans who have talked about the American family but haven't supported it. I blame the churches who have talked about family values but don't support the families and don't talk about the threats. There, there are exceptions to it. And I, I want to, you know, Franklin Graham, uh, Robert Jeffress, uh, amongst the pastors who are doing it, I, I, I just really believe that churches have got to stand up. It's, it's outrageous because the cosmopolitan urban centers, they are now, I, I truly believe these cities are becoming something unrecognizable uh, from what anybody thought they would become 20 years ago. Uh, the crime rates are raging. Uh, STDs are almost universal now amongst our young people. Uh, the, the violence is horrific. Uh, it, it, we have, the society is on the verge of collapse and people will not understand it. Well, most people say, well, why do people keep voting for these people? Why do these people keep getting elected? Uh, it goes back to that uh, taking over the academic world. And for we weren't watching, but for the last few generations, millions of kids have, were indoctrinated into this woke nonsense. And they're the ones that vote for it. You know, if it weren't for those groups, you wouldn't have all these people in office. Like here in New York, Lee Zeldin almost won. But there were enough of those woke, crazy younger people that put the Democrats back in or this uh, crazy district attorney here or, uh, and who knows without the uh, 20 years of indoctrinating people into this woke nonsense, Biden wouldn't have been elected. Yeah. I, I do think you're right though. I think we have to look first to the, what we allowed the teachers unions to do to our schools. Uh, the one thing about the, about the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns and the mandates, it showed everybody who those two teachers unions are. They didn't give a damn what was happening to the development uh, that is, by the way, the development impairment of our young our young students. Uh, they will never recover from that. And, and that's just the straight up fact. We, we can say we permitted it, but first we permitted those teachers unions to have such awesome power over public schools, which should have remained under the control of the communities in, in which they live, uh, they, uh, the parents of those students. And indeed, we allowed this, these two teachers unions to do unspeakable damage to this nation and to our young people. You know, it's only because of the pandemic that the, most parents got onto this. That's why you yep. saw all the protesting now. When the pandemic hit and kids had to go to class on Zoom, for the first time ever, the parents saw what nonsense was being taught to these kids and started to speak up. Then, of course, you got the uh, attorney general and others trying to trying to terrorize them into keeping quiet. But uh, hopefully this fight continues. And hopefully, uh, I know there have been certain people, Peter Thiel and others, that have talked about uh, taking back our schools. But I, I don't know how many years that could take. Well, We've got a lot more to deal with until 2024 and Donald Trump uh, running. Who Have you got a choice for president in 2024? Uh, Donald Trump, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, you know, as great as DeSantis is, all he's done is run Florida. You want a guy you know can do the job. And in this case, we got a guy who did the job and got incredible results for four years. So uh, obviously he'd be great for four years. And then DeSantis for eight years after that. Well, I, I think... I'm, you know what? You've convinced me. I'm going to support Donald Trump, too, in 2024.
Uh, DeSantis does a lot of good things. Uh, he is, to me, he still represents the establishment. He is backed by the establishment, and they are pushing hard across corporate media for DeSantis. And that tells me almost all I need to know about who he is and what he will do. Uh, I compliment him for much of what he has done in Florida, and I commend him. And I think that he should remain at a job that he is now running very successfully and doing great good for the state. I, I would hate to see the state lose his services. I, I want to turn to, if I may, also Biden saying, as he is wont to do, that just the right thing when he has the right audience. He's in Poland. He says he always wanted to add an SKI to the to his name because he grew up surrounded by Polish immigrants in meeting with President Duda in Warsaw. Uh, by the way, I think it's just fascinating. This guy always finds the just perfect moment to pander mindlessly to whatever group is in front of him. Can you make Badinsky? I guess it would be the name Badinsky. Uh, Joe Badinsky. What do you think? Yeah. Well, somebody should cut these all together, the videos, because there's one reason an Italian group saying he grew up with nothing but Italians. There's one uh, where he was, every, all his neighborhood was Irish. My favorite one was where he said, I grew up in black churches. I spent my life in black churches. Uh, somebody cut this together with a video of him last year in a black church where he looked terrified. He'd never heard this kind of music, the dancing. He seemed totally confused by it all. You, you could tell he'd never been in a black church before. Uh, well, it, you might think he had never been on a stage before because he has to be led to his chair and to the podium by everyone and, and led by Jill off stage. I, I mean, he seems to be a stranger in a strange land, no matter where he is at that moment. Well, if you listen to every two seconds, he's talking about growing up in Scranton, the kitchen table, his father losing his job. If you read his autobiography, it says he lived in the very plush, luxurious suburb of Garden City, which is in Long Island. His father owned the car dealership. His father owned the airport at one time. So uh, I don't know what to – I just don't believe anything he says anymore. I think there there is, Mark, the – <laughs> the the moral of the story, the uh, the essential lesson: don't believe a thing he says. My gosh, I I, I still can't get over the fact that uh, you know one balloon goes across the country, takes something like seven days, refuses to shut it down. We find out that the view is from our intelligence uh, apparatus. Speaking of people, I never believe, but in this instance, uh, they were saying that we were seriously damaged because of all of the intelligence they gathered from those nuclear missile sites and secret bases as, he, as that balloon went across the country. Yeah. We still don't know what the hell the truth was. And the papers say that it were four weather balloons, some uh, balloon uh, club. Who knew there was a, a balloon hobby club in northern Illinois who lost a $15 balloon uh, somewhere over the Yukon. I mean, it's outrageous. Well, I was watching the uh, Daytona 500. The Goodyear blimp had a big sign on it. Don't shoot. We're just, a, we're just a blimp. So, uh, but I watched his state of the union speech where he said, I will not apologize for shooting down that balloon. And the media ran it as if he was such a tough guy without saying, wait a minute, that wasn't the issue. The issue was why'd you wait so long? Nobody was attacking you for shooting it down. That state of the union speech, I think was done for George Santos, who was in the audience. And it was Biden's way of saying, you want to see some lying? Watch this, kid. Uh, I mean, that was the worst speech. <laughs> well, uh, I, I wondered why George was taking notes, but uh, <laughs> you've explained it, as you always do.
Mark, we always give our guests the last word. Uh, thanks for being here. Always a lot of fun and and a, and a good tutorial to listen to. I appreciate you being with us here today. Your concluding thoughts. I love this podcast. I listen to it all the time. So it's a, it's a great honor to be on it. Thanks for having me. Mark Simone, everybody. Thanks for being with us today. And please follow me on Twitter at Lou Dobbs. And join us, please, tomorrow when our guest will be China expert, radio host, and author, Gordon Chang. Till then, thanks for being with us. God bless you. And God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.